Welcome on into the Sports Buffoon Studios, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls out there. Uh, we got the full clan here, and when I say full, I mean extra full today. Uh, we got Tanner Dawson, Jason JG, and hello to our special guest, Troy, over here, Troy Grayson. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Great to be here. Excited for it. Absolutely. This is perfect for today's show because we're going to have a lot of basketball to talk about. So having more people with uh, more NBA knowledge than I do myself, so... Uh, that's going to be even better for here, especially with only having probably, what do, you, what do you guys say, two to three weeks left of the season? Yeah, probably closer to three. Mid-July, sometime in mid-July, and then we start it, start it back over again in October. Yeah, oh, October, October, okay. The, the best sport right, in the world. I, I thought we went over this. The, uh, the NBA really starts in like April or so, whenever the playoffs <laughs> begin. So that's what I've always accepted anyways, but... <laughs> Uh, anyways, you guys, uh, as you guys know, we are still buffoons, though. So what are you guys sipping on today? Well, I assume I let actually Jason make my drink today. So, Jason, what am I drinking? Uh, you probably have a wild turkey. Okay. And then uh, I've got the uh, Prairie Artisan Ales Cherry Bomber over here. All right. Not All to right. be confused with the Unabomber. Unabomber. The Never Unabomber. seen the Cherry Bomb from Prairie. <laughs> so is it pretty good, though? It's it's not a good mix. I, no. I they they've got a lot better beers over there. The, the yeah. cherry just is not a good mix with the imperial stouts. I don't think. Troy, what are you drinking over there? I'm uh, just sticking with the uh, the old standby Newcastle. Oh, the Newcastle, very nice, good nice. solid go to. Been around for a long time, so man, gotta respect that one at least. So yeah, we were talking about uh, wild turkeys here a little bit ago. As you guys know out there, we are based out of Overland Park, and we live you know near Lenexa. And Tanner, you had some wild, literal wild turkeys uh, running through your backyard. Is that right? Yeah, a couple months ago, I actually had a live turkey. Well, during my work day, I was like, "What's the what, what's everything going on?" I look outside, and this wild turkey is just running through my backyard and jumps over this uh, about six foot fence. All right, after that, and I hadn't seen it since. So who knows what happened to it, where it came from? But it was it was pretty crazy to see in the middle of a of a weekday. Yeah, Troy said he had scorpions. Is that right? Yeah, down here in Texas, man, we got it all. But uh, wild hogs were boars were actually running through our property uh, a couple of weeks ago. But uh, yeah, we got scorpions, we got copperheads, we got it all. That reminds me of something. Actually, we're going to talk about something here a little bit later. But uh, do you know that Bo Jackson used to like throw rocks at wild boars for fun? And just just to kill him, like <laughs> when he was a kid, like that was his like hobby to do when he was younger. I, I could I could see that I could see that from him. Like to him, it was like this normal thing to do, and there was nothing inhumane about it. But I don't know, maybe he ate them too. Maybe that's why he was so strong and fast without being such a, a workout warrior. You know, right? <laughs> Probably why he could throw guys out uh, at home from you know back up against the right field wall. Yeah, exactly. exactly. He got used to throwing <laughs> boulders every day at wild boars, and then it's developed a strong <laughs> instinct for throwing the baseball. <laughs> That's great. That's a great story. All right, well, you guys, uh, let's go, go ahead and get right into it as far as what we got going on here throughout the week and the weekend coming up. Uh, now, obviously, I made a statement last week. I thought the Suns were going to take the series in five games. Uh, as of right now, obviously that was incorrect. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping that we can make that a uh, game six, uh, close it out for the Suns, and they can move on to the finals. Um, but we had a lot of action go on over the weekend between uh, the Bucks and Hawks as well. Um, but Jason, I kind of wanted to know some of your input first about what you think right now. We're as we're speaking here live on YouTube. Um, as far as the Suns game coming up here in just a few minutes, going against the Clippers 
and if the Clippers have a chance to come back in this series. Yeah, unfortunately, I tried to warn a lot of people about this series. I've said Suns and Seven from the very beginning, and I think we had a conversation with a guy at the bar the other day that had made a pretty sizable bet on the Suns to win this thing in five. And I heard so many other people just say, oh, I know the Suns are going to win in five. And Was he not at the bar today? No, he was there, and I, I scolded him <laughs> for losing all that money. But uh, more importantly, they didn't get it done. So it was 116-102 in game five. Uh, the Clippers handed it to the Suns, and it was, was not a good game for the Suns. I mean, the Clippers shot 54% from the field, 33% from three. Uh, the Phoenix Suns only shot 45% from the field. And uh, I think the biggest issue for me in this game is that I didn't see anything from the uh, the role players from the Phoenix Suns, except for the guy who we just found out is not going to play tonight, Cam Johnson. So Cam Johnson had a great game for the Suns in game five. He was five of six from the field, 14 points, 100% from three and four rebounds. And so I think now that Phoenix is uh, moving to uh, play this road game, I think that's a big problem here because uh, a lot of the uh, guys on the bench for the Suns didn't really do a whole lot in that last game, except for Cam Johnson. And so, you know, Crowder didn't do anything. Mikhail Bridges had a bad game. DeAndre Ayton only had 10 points. And so I'm looking at Phoenix here, and I'm thinking that, you know, they've got Booker and Chris Paul, but what else are they going to produce in this road game? And so I have a big problem here with uh, all these guys that think the Suns are going to finish this thing in six. I'm going to stick with my original prediction here. I think Phoenix is going to win this game, uh, or they're going to win the series, and seven, and I I expect another big game from Boogie Cousins. So we had a Boogie Cousins sighting. You guys remember yes, who did. that guy is? Yeah. So Back he in the early. Days? Are we yeah. talking like Keen's Boogie Cousins? Yeah, whatever, okay. whatever you want to call it. He was seven <laughs> of twelve from the field with fifteen points in eleven minutes. And Paul George, we don't need to talk about him because he was fifteen out of twenty. From the field, shot seventy-five percent, forty-one points. Reggie Jackson um, has sort of be become the Robin to Paul George's Batman. You know, it used it, to be Kawhi Leonard was Batman. Now it's like Paul George's Batman and Reggie Jackson is Robin. I mean, how crazy is that to see Reggie Jackson step up? A guy that has may you know one time was almost considered a superstar or a potential superstar, kind of faded away. And now the guy is showing up in the biggest games along with Paul George with uh, Leonard out. So I think that's that's amazing, the consistency that guy's putting on each game now. Yeah, I and mean, also Marcus Morris had a great game, 22 points, 9 of 16 from the field. So I, I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this series. I want to know your predictions. Um, who's going to win this game tonight? Do you think the Suns are able to close it out right now? Or do you think the Clippers are going to push this thing to game seven? Because I, I've been saying Suns and seven all along, and I, I'm going to stick with my original prediction. So so you, you mentioned a key factor, right, with the Suns, that the role players aren't producing much, which is not really their history as of late. I think there's one player on the Suns right now that should have tons of pressure on him because he's not performing 
the way he should perform at this point, and that's DeAndre Ayton. The guy looks like he's a uh, 12-year vet and can barely move up and down the court. The guy wears three knee braces on both, like basically on two legs, which is weird, but the guy needs to figure it out. He needs to get a set straight. He only had 10 points last game. He did have 11 boards, but the guy's got to be open. He's got to be a force down low. If you're not a force down low, you allow the Clippers and Paul George, for instance, really, and Reggie actually too. They can get down low and take care of it. And you can't, you got to get re, you got to get more boards. Not only that, but you got to be able to score, man. You got to be able to get open and post up and take care of this. So I think DeAndre Ayton is a key for the Suns if they want to pull it out today. I still think the Suns will win today. Um, but at the same time, DeAndre Ayton is a huge factor right now. And if the Suns want to look even forward past this to the finals, DeAndre Ayton's got to step up. All right. Real quick, Mike, before I send it over to you. Wait, Ter- wait, what about Troy? You no, no, we're going, we're going everybody. Oh, Everybody's everybody's going okay, here. Okay. So before I send it over to you guys, Terrence Mann had four points on two for eight shooting. Are we due for a Terrence Mann explosion like he had in the last series? I mean, an explosion? And I don't know if that's the, the way to go about He basically put up, I mean, he put up 39 in that game. Right. He had a great game, of course. But, I mean, there's also a consistency issue there as far as, you know, you can have a great game one day and then do nothing the next. That doesn't mean you're due for a rebound you know, to come back again. This isn't cryptocurrency where things are just <laughs> volatile and fluctuating every day up and down. Like, this is – like, is this guy – I mean, he's only played 40 NBA games now, right, for Terrence Mann? Yeah. And so, at this point, still got a young career going on, but I don't think he's put in the work yet to be consistent uh, yet as far as to prove that way. He's the least of my concerns, Jason, when it comes to this whole series and game and everything. And I know you you made a point to point out how Cameron Johnson being out for this game is a concern. But let's also not forget, he, in my opinion, he's not their best six man on the team. Cameron Payne is. Cameron Payne is the one who is the one doing most of the dirty work offensively, at least. And he can step in there, and he's going to be more active tonight in tonight's game, without a doubt. Because remember, in game two, put up 29 points. Uh, and helped lead to that 104-103 victory. That was without a Chris and, Paul, too. Right. So I thought he played phenomenal, and that is my best six-man for the Suns tonight. And uh, so, that, anyways, that's my thoughts about those two things there. All right. Troy, what are your thoughts on this series? Yeah, it's, uh, I'm with you. It's definitely going to go seven, but the reality of it is as much as the Clippers are playing their hearts out, uh, especially with their injuries and no Kawhi, um, I just don't think uh, one guy, Paul George, who is really the stud, uh, uh, can can carry them uh, through seven. Uh, and you know, uh, you know, he's he's the one one punch. There's no one two punch, and there's certainly not one two three punch. Whereas, uh, even with the injuries on the Suns, you still got a one two punch with um, with CP3 and with Booker. So I think in the end. With both those guys, uh, they they finish it out in seven. There's no way Clippers can win three in a row, and that's essentially what they'd have to be have to do uh, to win this thing altogether. Even if they pull it out tonight uh, at home, and even if you look at the odds, uh, even tonight in LA, uh, uh, the Suns are still favored to win. So um, I think it's still going to go seven. You brought up a great point, Jason, about um, uh, you know the X factor for the. Uh, for the Clippers to this point uh, really was Marcus Morris when he came back off that injury. Um, he, he set the pace last game and really just was came out on fire and being a, a, a Jayhawk guy 
delivered on that. And, um, you know, the, the Suns never could rebound from from getting so deep in the hole uh, from the way Marcus really, really started him out. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, Paul George in the end is just going to get tired enough. He can't be the one man show. Ultimately, Suns in seven. Yeah, and I and I agree with you. It's very difficult to to try to beat the Suns three games in a row, except for the fact that they've already beaten. At the time, we thought that Utah might have been the best team in the league. They were the number one seed, and the Clippers actually beat them four games in a row. So it's kind of a case where you know we've been there and we've done that. And even Coach Ty Lue on the Clippers, you know, he's he's considered to be a top five coach in the league. He's certainly not going to throw in the towel. And I, I just think that, you know, if they've already won, they've beaten the number one seed winning four games in a row. It's With not Kawhi. too much more. It's not too much more to ask just to win three in a row against the Suns. I personally don't think it's going to happen, yeah. which is why I said Suns and seven. But it's one of those things. I'm not going to be shocked if the Clippers figure out a way to pull this series off. It kind of feels so, like the playoff train for them, the, you know, so right. it, it won't be surprising, but at the same time, it'd be hard. But they yeah, had Kawhi so. Leonard for that Utah series. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So uh, moving on to the Bucks versus Atlanta. I mean, this series, uh, based on the injuries that we've seen, is an absolute train wreck. So you look at that last game, game four, we know that Giannis had an injury. Um, He's got a hyperextended knee. There's no structural damage, thankfully. Obviously, you already had the Trey Young injury in that same series. You had the Milwaukee Bucks shooting 20% from three-point land in game four. And you had the Hawks shooting 50% from, you know, field goal percentage they were going to win that game. Like they were dominating that game before Giannis even got injured. No. Yeah. And so they, they broke it open. It was inside eight minutes of the second quarter is when they started pulling away. It was a couple turnovers here and there that they forced. Uh, Lou Williams performed out absolutely ridiculous in the end of the second. So the fact that uh, those guys were doing that, but they're also hitting the threes. Those guys were going on a mad spree of threes that also helped them, uh, keep that lead and then they just continued it on so after that it was inside that eight minutes of the second quarter it was game over it was game over yeah and so my my x factor for this whole series really is chris middleton because he just had a god-awful game he shot oh for seven from three in game four but i think the biggest thing for me is the fact that the bucks still have home court advantage this is a best of three right now and two of those games are going to be played in Milwaukee. I don't think Chris Middleton is going to play that badly in the next game, but I, I can make a case that, you know, this is a seven game series. I think you might see Trey Young and Giannis play in the very next game. And I, I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on that, but for me, the Bucks are still the favorites in this series. Um, you know, Drew Holiday is going to have probably have a bounce back game. He didn't shoot that well in the last game. He was two of seven from three. Uh, You didn't get a whole lot from PJ Tucker, but you know, what do you guys think? I mean, do you think that neither one of these superstars are going to play or if they do play, I mean, who do you think is going to win? I mean, anything goes at this point, because as we've said before, 
this is March Madness, except it's the NBA. Well, let me throw something out here before Tanner gives it a take on that. But I do want to point out since March, uh, the Bucks are four and five uh, without Giannis on the court. And so that's something to take into consideration when you've played 900 games and clearly your production as a team is not nearly as efficient. Now, that's obvious. Now, we're stating the obvious here by saying take away your best player. You're not going to be as good. Um, but I think even having him on the court as something you mentioned to me earlier, Jason, um, could be still productive for that team and some kind of a role. Uh, I think taking him off, I mean, I don't think they're going to win at all coming up here in the next game. And right now, actually, it's funny to me because if you look at the MGM betting, betting odds right now, the Bucks are still favored by four and a half points over mm-hmm. the Hawks right now for game five, which actually surprises me because I think the Hawks right now, if they can continue the momentum that they're currently on, with Trey Young and everything else going on there, uh, you know, I think that would be wonderful for uh, the Hawks to get an advantage there. And then from there, you know, you need one more win after this next one. So, yeah, as far as a betting strategy, there's no way I would bet on this series. I mean, you no, got no, too no, many, no, no. way too many variables at play. You've got Cam yeah. Reddish. Nobody ever talks about Cam Reddish. He just came back from injury and he was five of nine from the field. So now it appears that he's 100%. You've got Sweet Lou Williams, Sweet fresh, Lou, baby, fresh off of that strip club trip that he had, and he <laughs> blew up for twenty-one points, seven of nine from the field. He's not going to do that when they go play in Milwaukee no. in the next game. I mean, oh. he's a very streaky shooter. I th- I think it really all depends here. So there, there's something I was watch- rewatching this uh, mainly the highlights, right? Uh, to this morning, I wanted like I need to see this again. Well, like what exactly happened? The thing that really caught my eye with Trey Young already being out, ruled out before the game, 45 minutes before the game, nonetheless, these guys knew they had to step up. And I think with Giannis going out, there's one big key that's going to defeat the Bucks themselves, and it's team chemistry. It's it, They look like a total different team without Giannis, and they, they rely pretty heavily on him to begin with anyways. But there was just – there was just something about it where they weren't on the same page. You know, it's like watching the Jayhawks, yeah. right? We know about this. When they're on the same page, their lights out and nobody's going to stop. But when they're when their best player goes out and they may not exactly know what to do, yeah, we have a USC showdown. Yeah. So it's it's rough for the Bucks. I think it's going to be a really tough task for the Bucks to finish the series out with Giannis. So they better hope and pray that guy is back next game. But I don't believe Treyon or Giannis plays next game. I believe they will play after that game. So I think they're going to sit Giannis out one game. Just you get you got to give the guy rest. You don't want to injure also going you know even longer in the future like a Kevin Durant injury, right? Yeah, it's not the finals yet, but it is going to the finals. I think Giannis will sit out. I think uh, Trey will sit out, and then uh, they'll be able to play the last game of the series because it's a deep deep bone bruise for Trey. So that's, I mean, that's not friendly to play on either. But I think the Hawks have more team chemistry. The Hawks have more just maybe positivity going around. They understand the next man up, and they, they truly prove the next man up. Uh, your guy, uh, Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich uh, blew up as well through that second and third quarter. So if those guys continue to just produce, like just as a team, they were passing the ball very well. Like Hawks, easy. And, Troy, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but I have an opinion too that – the Bucks kind of go with Chris Middleton. I think when Chris Middleton plays well, you know, the team's going to win. When he doesn't play well, the team's going to fail. And even though Giannis is obviously the superstar of the team, I think Middleton's been kind of the X factor on that team of deciding winning and losing games. 
Well, let's not forget, go back to what uh, Jason originally said. This whole series is just a train wreck. I mean, from the beginning, you got blowouts, you got road wins that nobody predicted, and you've got the injuries. And first of all, let's just say, I, I don't think uh, Giannis is coming back until uh, game seven unless he absolutely has to. I mean, if you look at the video of that injury, it wasn't Alex Smith. I'll, I'll give you that, but it was not. They thought it was an ACL at first, right? That, that knee went the exact opposite direction it's supposed to, and I just don't see it coming back. Whereas, uh, you know, on the other hand, uh, I think Trey Young could easily come back. But let's let's be clear. This is also a chess match. You could easily see uh, the coaches coming in and saying last minute, uh, Trey Young is to be determined, uh, or even Giannis is to be determined. It's going to be a chess match before they announce whether either one of them are going to be even playing or whether they dress out. Uh, if they're on the bench, who knows? The way this is good. This is the NBA playoffs. They could dress them out and and be ready to put them in if the game's close late in the in the in the second half. Uh, we've seen that before in the playoffs, especially when it gets this this deep. So it could go either way, but here's, uh, I'm with you. The X factor is Middleton. I mean, if you go back and look uh, as, as, as long and, and laborious as these NBA seasons are, if you look at the Bucks season uh, all the way back, uh, it's not Giannis who closes out in fourth quarters. In fact, uh, if you look back, they often avoid him because he can't shoot free throws. He's not the closer guy. They go to Middleton more often than not. When when it when it hits uh, crunch time in the fourth quarter, so definitely Middleton is the go-to um, with or without Giannis, and even if Giannis comes back, um, is he going to be a hundred percent? Yeah. So I think the bottom line for me here is that it's going to be a huge letdown, whether we see the superstars play or whether we don't. It'll be a huge letdown for the Bucks if they somehow lose this series because they've been in the playoffs for the last few years mm -hmm. and they haven't been able to get it done. So they've got all the experience, those role players, including PJ Tucker, who was on other teams, yep. they've got all the playoff experience. And so if they don't figure out a way to win with or without Giannis, it's going to be a huge letdown from the Bucks standpoint. I mean, that's like PJ Tucker just experienced Houston all over again. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, if you so, think about it, you know, here's their prime opportunity uh, with the Nets out of it, um, the Sixers are out of it, and the last few years, I mean, they've had Giannis has been the MVP two out of the last three years, and they came up short and woefully short uh, as well. So this is their this is their chance. It's their time. Yeah, and you talk about a guy like Giannis. He's a two-time MVP. I mean, he's been to the playoffs so many times, has so much to prove. Mm -hmm. But that leads us to the next discussion here, which. We've got a few guys in the NBA, especially that are still in the playoffs, that have a whole lot to prove right now. And so I want to know from you guys, um, can you give me an NBA team or a player that deserves a championship the most based on their experience, based on the amount of time that they've put into it? Uh, you take a guy like CP3, been around forever, made the playoffs you know, so many times, but he's never won a championship. And so I just want to send it around to you guys real quick. Who do you think, and I want you to give me a player and or a team, who do you think deserves to win the championship this year based on the amount of time that they put in? Yeah, you know, I'm going to kick it to Troy to start us off on this one. Yeah. Okay. Hey, thanks. Uh, I'll lead off. Uh, I'm going with the, uh, with the team, uh, even though I, I, I love the Suns and I'm pulling for them, but, uh, but the Clippers, 
uh, I think deserve it the most. Uh, this is a, you know, between the four teams that are left, uh, the Bucks at least have one championship uh, under their, their belt, albeit it was last century, uh, half a century ago almost. Um, uh, but uh, Suns and Clippers have zero uh, championships under the belt. So between those two and the Clippers, man, come on. What they've been through as a team. I mean, you go clear back to Donald Sterling. If you look at their history, this team was bottom feeders forever under Donald Sterling, you know, one of the original owner, the original owner of that team. And for years and years and years, didn't put a dime into it. This is a, the guy that drafted Danny Manning number one overall and then wouldn't yeah. do anything build around him. Uh, the, the, the guy was one of the worst owners in the history of the NBA. And this is also the Donald Sterling that got uh, the only owner, player or anybody that got permanently banned from the NBA. So the Clippers have have been, you know, uh, at the bottom for a variety of reasons forever. So I'd make that argument uh, that that they're the most deserving. As far as the player goes, uh, you know, definitely CP3. I think he's been around the longest. He's been, uh, uh, you know, uh, just a stalwart. He's been a, a stand-up ambassador for the league and never had his chance. He's fought through some crazy injuries. I'd go with him. I'd throw in just a close second though is Paul George, man. Remember the dude that when that when he broke his leg doing what? Trying to play for his country on the Olympic team in yep. the trials and snapped that leg. I mean, that was brutal and that affected his not only uh obviously he couldn't play for 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 team USA, but it affected his career overall. So, uh he's been through a lot as well. Mike, I'm going to kick it over to you now. Yeah, I like a lot we said there about the Clippers, only because um, I'm kind of uh, always been known as an anti-Laker guy. So, I mean, if it piss off a few <laughs> Lakers fans, I'm okay with it too. So, <laughs> you know, that's a thing. But, you know, in all honesty, uh, to me, I got to go still as far as player goes. Without a doubt, CP3 is my guy when it comes to mind. I mean, he came into the league at 20 years old. Obviously, the work he did with the Hornets. I mean, he led the league in assists and steals two, two years in a row with the Hornets back then. And has been consistently, you know, one of those um, leaders on the court. Uh, kind of a, if there wasn't a LeBron James, there would have been a time where I think CP3 could have been the face of the NBA when it comes to character as well as on the court ability. Um, so I mean, if you move LeBron, remove LeBron from that equation, I think he probably would have been even more notarized than he already is currently. And I think maybe this is his time now that LeBron is out of the playoffs now. And we're not having to worry about him getting getting involved and knocking guys out. It's kind of like whenever at some point, you know, not to re- take this back into football, but when Peyton Manning left the AFC West, it's like, oh, thank God. Now we can start winning games and, you know, the Chiefs ended up taking over the division again. And so it's one of those things where, you know, with, with LeBron James being out of the playoffs right now, it's time for other phases to come into play and get their chance. Like you said, a Paul George as well, 31 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think for CP3, this is – one of his last opportunities to make it happen. So if it's going to happen, I think it's going to happen this year. And then, you know, you got to, it's not easy to go to the finals. I mean, especially in the NBA, the way it's designed, I think that you got to win this year while you have the chance. If you don't win this year, you might never win a ring. So uh, for me, it's the the Suns and CP3 and in my opinion. Yeah, I can't, I don't, I can't blame you guys at all for picking those, right? The outcast Lakers, essentially it's the Clippers. And you got CP3, the old fella, sitting there struggling against teams who was with the Clippers at one time. For me, guys, it's Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee's Bucks got to do something here. They haven't been relevant, what, since the 80s? 
right? It took him this long to get back to some rel- rel- relevancy. So with Giannis lost, possibly lost for it, possibly the series, it's it is hurting them. But I think Giannis and the Bucks have everything they need to be able to make the finals and at least at least make the finals, if not win a title. Those guys have been year in, year out the last five years, I'd say, uh, just consistently competitive. And then P.J. Tucker, who comes from Houston, who had James Harden, and consistently lost in the playoffs, just like the Bucks have, hoping that you know that he can help put them over the hump and he can get himself over the hump. Like I think that'd be great for those guys. And that you know they. These guys aren't bad players by any means, but they do have some struggles and they got to get over it. But guys, it's been like three years, so I I think the Bucks deserve it. Uh, just the fact they played, you know, they came back and beat the Nets, for, you know, for that sake. And they they've they've shown their competitiveness all throughout this playoff series. So I'm gonna go Bucks as my pick, specifically Giannis. Yeah, I agree with you. The Bucks they've got so many guys on that roster that have a lot of experience and especially with Giannis. I mean, he's a superstar, two-time MVP. I mean, those guys deserve to win as much Uh as anybody, but I'm going to have to agree with my bro on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with PG 13 and the Clippers. Um, You know, seven years ago, as my brother alluded to, there was that horrific injury and we we've seen it in other sports, but this, you know, me being an NBA fan, I took this to heart more than anything when he just kind of snapped his leg in half on that basketball stanchion. And, you know, even if you go before that, when he was on the Pacers, Paul George was a superstar, but the only problem was he had to go up against LeBron James every freaking year in the playoffs and he couldn't get it done. And so did you guys know that uh, Paul George is the fourth player to start a postseason with 20 or more points in 18 straight games. You want to know who the other three guys on that list are? Tell me. Kevin Durant did it twice. Kobe did it once. And Michael Jordan did it three times. Wow. So when I look at that stat, along with everything else, the question I have to ask myself is, why is there so much hate out there for Paul George? Because I keep hearing that, oh, nobody wants to see Paul George do well. And I think it's, it's more of a product of the team that he plays for more so than it is the person himself. I mean, I think it's just the fact that he's on the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers always seem like a minor league team. If you talk to people that live in Los Angeles, I mean, my brother took me to a Clippers game. I don't know if you remember this, Troy, back in the nineties, he took me to a Clippers game. And I think the, the starting point guard was Pooh Richardson. And I kid you not. I thought I was walking into either like a semi-pro game or a minor league game because there was literally like uh, maybe 500 or 1,000 people in the arena. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is like a minor league game, basically, if you talk to people that lived in Los Angeles at the time. And so the Clippers, we all know they haven't done anything for decades. They've been irrelevant, kind of a joke organization. They uh, removed... Donald Sterling, as my brother just talked about, for being a racist. Um, so when's the last time you heard about an owner getting removed for being a racist? I mean, that never happens. So there's there's no respect for the Clippers. And not only that, Kawhi Leonard is the Batman to Paul George's Robin. Uh, 
And so Paul George is out there seemingly all by himself and Kawhi Leonard's gone. And, you know, he's, he's got his team to the final four somehow, some way. And so for me, Paul George deserves it the most after going through that horrific leg injury, having to fight through LeBron all those years when he was on the Pacers, he deserves it the most. And I, you know, if I had to pick a team that I want to win, I would go Clippers all the way. I don't think it's going to happen because I did pick the Suns in seven. Jason, isn't this just a great conversation to be having? Because most years in the NBA, uh, we're not talking about, you know, coming to this point of the season and discussing who deserves it the most than having such a wide variety of names we just threw out there of different players uh, between CP3 and Paul George and things like that. Um, and I just think that's a great thing for basketball. This is probably m- my favorite uh, NBA playoffs that I've been a- seen in a long time, without a doubt. It's because, and nothing against LeBron James, just the fact that it is very much more difficult to predict what's going to happen and I don't want to see any more injuries go on because that just, you know, is not good for the game. But um, I think that that just kind of shows the NBA is going to be on the right track, at least in my opinion, as time goes on when LeBron James does retire. So anyways, I, I like this whole topic, actually. Hey, Jason, i got to remind you one more thing, because you grew up uh, following your favorite player back in the day was the Admiral, right? <clears throat> David yeah, Robinson. absolutely. So uh, yeah. one of those games, I'm not sure if it was one I took you to, um, but one of those games I went to happened to be when the Admiral, you look it up, he, his all-time, uh, his best game ever, he scored, I think, 71. Uh, it was against the Clippers. And, and part of that was the Admiral. The other part was because back then the Clippers were so bad they couldn't go to trash can. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And so uh, we do need to talk about uh, other injuries that have gone out throughout the course of history, yeah. Mike. Do you want to yeah, talk about of uh, injuries as we've talked about? Um, and I hope, like I said, hopefully there's no more that comes along these ways for the rest of the NBA season and so forth. But um, I was thinking while you guys were speaking there about maybe who your uh, favorite injured bum in sports history is, and <laughs> you know, just someone who for some reason you love. Maybe it was irrationally or whatever, but. The dude was just always injured. I mean, you got many names that come to mind. Like, I always felt like even a guy like Ken Griffey Jr., if he was just more healthy more often, could have owned all the records in baseball. He's personally my favorite baseball player of all time, and I just have a knack for liking uh, injury-prone players. Like, you know, we all loved Priest Holmes, and that was a guy who, you know, in the really the highlight of his career. And Jamal Charles, another guy who was just notoriously known for – being injured and not that those guys are bums by any means but I mean when you're injured all the time it's like you know you gotta you gotta be on the field to be making a an impact on your team anyways but um, Trey I'm kind of curious of who you got in mind yeah I had to uh, that's a great question by the way I love this topic I, I had to come up with one uh, obviously I had to go uh, come up with the all-time Jayhawk uh, in their history and I had to go with Archie Marshall um, dude just didn't definitely not a bum, but just couldn't get a break. If you look at his career uh, with KU um, missed out on the final four because because uh, he had uh, uh, his his junior year because he had um, dislocated his knee. And then senior year, they make it even further into the championship game. And uh, in the final four run, he uh, he breaks his uh, breaks open his knee. So he was out. So just a 
uh, a bummer of a career, but a great, great player. So definitely Archie Marshall for the Jayhawks in college. And then uh, in sticking with basketball. So in the NBA, uh, I, I had to go with Greg Odom. Uh, this is just one of the most uh, laughable stories uh, yeah, absolutely. of all time. And, you know, he, the dude cost a, a general manager his career. Uh, number one overall pick, uh, went to the Portland Trail Blazers over, a, uh, we all know, went uh, ahead of Kevin Durant. And that ended up costing the GM his job, by the way, and and affected even our guy, our Jayhawk guy, Kevin Pritchard, who was with the Trail Blazers in 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 the front office at the time. But Greg Oden, man, I mean, uh, as soon as he gets drafted, boom, injury, ended up playing like 19 games that uh, rookie season, uh, did nothing, uh, comes back from the injury uh, his second year, plays like another 30 games, uh, and that was essentially it. He made a, a brief appearance on the bench with the Miami Heat a few years later, uh, then, then uh, uh, you know, crawled onto the court with the CBA at the time, and that was it. So Greg Odom. Greg Odom. Interesting. Who do you got, Tanner? Who do I got? I got T-Mac. Tracy McGrady, one of the all-time greats. You wouldn't think that he'd be an injured bum. But the guy couldn't really stay healthy even through the Toronto days. He had back spasms. You know, then he went to Houston, played with uh, Stevie Francis and those guys, and just couldn't stay on the court. Couldn't stay on the court. Couldn't couldn't effectively help his team and win championships. Like the guy could have been, in, I don't know, probably better than LeBron James, I would say, for for talent wise. And you know, he was he was an overall player. You know, inside outside that mattered. He, you know, he he matched up with Vince Carter. Let's just say that Vince Carter back in his heyday. Those two would have been the continue to be a perfect pair up in Toronto and probably would have got that championship before, you know, uh, a couple years ago when they got there. So I think T-Mac is my pick, the unfortunate, and he's also my favorite player to put on my uh, franchise on NBA 2K. So I've actually got one that's playing right now, and it's going to surprise you guys maybe, but you guys know I got a big boner for Evan Ingram, right, the tight end for the Giants. Yes. That dude's an injured bum because the dude is, like, super talented, I mean, six foot three, two forty, runs like a four four, um, and yet still every single year he could every. be putting up you know thousand yard seasons. Instead, he's on the sidelines getting injured every single year. He's the Reggie Bush of he's, tight ends. I mean, at this point, yeah, <laughs> man, that's the truth. You, you make it sound like Jordan Reed. I mean, get similar. Yeah, to, I'm surprised you didn't say Jordan Reed, yeah, Tanner, because Tanner loves him some Jordan. I, Reed. Every year, I drop the guy in fantasy, Same and idea. by week five, we're at concussion state, and we're pretty much gone for the year. No, now my, my true injured bum though. Is now I don't know who Jason's going to say quite yet, but I got an OG. It's a secret. My my OG, uh, Fred, my OG Fragile Fred. That's my fragile favorite Fred. of all time. Um, mainly because the dude still put up like Hall of Fame worthy numbers at the same time <laughs> as being injury prone, and you know throughout his career, uh, he only had I think a handful, maybe a total of like three or four full seasons without being injured, and in a course from 1998 to 2010. And uh, basically, as a guy, to just, he averaged five yards a carry consistently with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he was part of the Jaguars' heyday, you know, kind of when they were first brought into the NFL. And then they ended up going to the AFC Championship game, I think, in 1998 to face the Broncos before the Broncos then went on to win the Super Bowl. But uh, he was part of a Mark Brunel, Jimmy Smith, and uh, uh, Keenan McCardle was part of that offense as well. There and there's, there's Fred Taylor back there, you know, 
busting his ass, ended up having a total of seven 1,000-yard rushing seasons in his career, which is phenomenal for an injury-prone player. Yeah, that's a superstar. So, that that is a superstar, absolutely. But uh, it's one of those things where if he could just stay on the field and be healthy throughout his career, we're looking at a guy that would have been challenging, like I'm going to say it, he would have been challenging the Walter Payton records and the Emmett Smith records for most rushing yards ever in a whole career. So uh, just something to think about. I got my – Fred Taylor boner out of the That's way. That's crazy. Man. <laughs> yeah, I already told you, T Mac. You got T Mac. I already right. told you, T Mac. Well, does that mean it's my turn? I think it's All your right. turn. What's your surprise? Well, if I was going NFL, I would definitely say either Fragile Fred Jackson, you know, Mike had Fragile <laughs> Fred Taylor, or I could say Bo Jackson. Yeah. If I was doing football or baseball, but I'm an NBA guy, so I've got to bring up basketball. So I'm so happy that my brother brought up Greg Oden because. The Portland Trailblazers had three guys. They had Greg Oden, and they had Brandon Roy, which was another superstar player. And they also had a guy by the name of Sam Bowie that got drafted <laughs> the same draft class as Michael Jordan. And that created something called the Michael Jordan curse because the, sure. the Blazers, they passed up on Michael Jordan that year. So I'm happy that he brought that up because my guy – my favorite injured bum of all time in the 1985-86 season in the NBA, he played 18 games. He averaged 22 points, three rebounds and three assists, which isn't bad. I mean, that's, you would think that's probably an average player, right? But he only started seven games. So my favorite injured bum of all time goes by the name of his airness, the black cat, Air Jordan, MJ, the GOAT, uh, Michael Jordan. He had a broken bone in his foot. He was out six weeks that year. And for me, it just goes to show you that just because you're an injured bum doesn't mean you can't eventually become the greatest player of all time. How did I know you were going to select MJ? <laughs> I just had this feeling he's going to go some big superstar. Well done. I'm a bum early in his career. You got to go all the way to the top, man. All the way to the top. So uh, speaking of injuries, when I look at the guys, the star players that have been injured, that have actually missed games in the postseason, the NBA this year, it's a long list, guys. So you got to start with Giannis, Trey Young, uh, CP3 due to COVID, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Jalen Brown, Mike Conley, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid. Does it ever stop? I mean, all these guys have been injured. And so I just want to know from you guys, which injury do you think of the final four remaining teams will be the most impactful that will affect the eventual NBA champion? Troy, what you got, man? I mean, uh, you know, like we said, between the, the the Bucks and the Hawks, that's a that's a throw them up in the air anyway. I, injuries or not, I mean, either one of those teams could still uh, just do something. Who knows? I think, like I said earlier, the w- whichever team comes out of the West is going to be the NBA the, the NBA Finals champion anyway. But uh, I got to go injury wise. Of the four teams left, it's Kawhi. I think that's going to ultimately, at the end of the day, have the biggest impact. Uh, even if they do take it seven, uh, the Clippers uh, just c- had had everything in front of them until Kawhi went down. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree with the Leonard here. Mike, who you got? 
Yeah, for me, it's without a doubt uh, Giannis. I think he's the greatest impact on being injured right now. Now, I mean, if you took away Trey Young, you know, permanently from the Hawks, that's a different story too. Um, and I am in agreement here with Trey as far or Troy, excuse me, um, as far as being uh, back and available here coming up tomorrow night. Um, so I think that Trey Young will be back, but I think Giannis is also not going to be ready. And as we talked about with that knee, I think this is something that even if he's on the court, I don't think it's going to be the same kind of players we saw, you know, previously at least. So uh, that's just, uh, not a good looking injury there. And the hyperextensions are something that don't heal overnight. Those do take time to kind of get back into place. And um, even if he's out there, I just don't think that he's going to be the same. And in, that, in which case you're relying on Chris Middleton and do all the dirty work there and basically have to, have to be consistent, have to be consistent which has been an issue in the past with Middleton, you know, obviously the previous game, um, he did not play well at all. And obviously you saw the outcome of that, even with, uh, you know, Giannis throughout most of that game, the Hawks were still destroying him throughout, the, you know, three quarters. And so I still think though, if you take him away, the, the Bucks have no shot of advancing onto the finals. And so for me, that's definitely the, the greatest impact injury that we have currently in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, Giannis is one of the most impactful players. That's why the Bucks are where they're at right now. For me, guys, it's Trey Young. Trey Young. The reason I'm saying Trey Young, it's not this, not that Giannis isn't impactful for his team, right? It's not Leonard's not impactful for his team. Trey Young is the team. The Hawks, in a way, got lucky, right? They got lucky that these role players, these guys are uh, that kind of stepped up. Sweet Lou Williams, right? Those guys aren't going to do this every time. You got two more games potentially to be able to perform here. You need Trey Young to step up and give you 40 points. You need Trey Young out there to help you maneuver that offense and to allow those other guys to free up. You can do that with these bench guys. So I'm going Trey Young as my impactful player because without Trey Young, the Hawks aren't making it through the through the series. Yeah, I mean, you could pretty much pick any player for this conversation, Correct. even if it wasn't a star player. Like we already talked about Cam Johnson, not available in the Suns game tonight. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I think the most impactful injury is going to be Devin Booker. And in game two, he took a headbutt from Pat Beverly and he was bleeding all over the place and had to have stitches. So in game four, he took the mask off game five, put the mask back on. And now we're just learning in game six tonight, he took it back off. And so he actually had a conversation with uh, the great Rip Hamilton, great NBA player from the mid-2000s, actually yes, played with Jordan uh, when Jordan was on the Wizards, um, NBA champion, told Devin Booker over the phone, he said, once you put it on, just leave it alone. It's not going to change the way you shoot. And so what is Devin Booker doing right now? He's doing the exact opposite of that. And I, I'm i just going out on a limb here. I think it's going to affect his confidence level, expect, especially in this game six, playing on the road. I mean, you got to leave it alone. What, whatever his choice was, he should have just stuck with it. And now he's going back and forth from game to game. And they can't afford to do that. I mean, if this goes back to Phoenix, sure. Phoenix has home court. And everybody in the world is going to bet on Phoenix to win that game seven at home. But there's no guarantees. I mean, they, they've got to get it done as soon as possible. And so 
that's that's the biggest injury for me. But I mean, also, I, does it take into account that I think Booker? I mean, well, I don't think I know from a statistical standpoint. He's played better without the mask on, and when he put that mask on after his nose injury, I mean, his production right away plummeted. And he can talk about maybe it not affecting him or someone telling him that, but he knows through his experience that it was bothering him for some reason. To me, it's like when you're a, a free throw, when you're shooting free throws and you've got your system down, everybody knows that you're supposed to do the same thing every time you shoot a free throw. And now all of a sudden you got a guy, Devin Booker, he's playing the entire game and he's changing it. Everything he does, he takes the mask off, he puts it back on. It's kind of like COVID. Do I wear a mask into the grocery store or do I not? It's kind of, it's kind of like <laughs> you don't know what to expect from day to day. And I just think that it's going to mess with his confidence level just a little bit, maybe just enough to the point where the Clippers might actually get over the hump I, this year. I like what you said, and I like what you said, but you're asking a guy, a, a superstar right now, to make adjustments in the conference finals – with a mask on, like that is a different vision. That's, I mean, that's still different perception with it too. So making it, ask him to make an adjustment and be consistent with it when the adjustment's not working. It, I don't think, that, I think he's doing what he's trying to do is perform again. And he's not performing because he can't, he keeps making those adjustments. So he needs to either leave it on, or leave it off. But you're asking the guy to make an adjustment in the conference finals with limited games. Yeah, it's just a very minor thing, and you know I could be completely wrong. Here. The Suns, the Suns could explode in this game tonight and win by thirty points. But it's just one of those minor things that I looked at. and I thought, wow, I mean, you know, is he going to mess up, mess with his confidence, or, or what's going on here? But um, real quick, do you guys, um, what I mean, we talked about the injury that you thought would be the most impactful. Um, do you think this year's NBA champion? Whoever that is, do you think there's going to be an asterisk in the history books? Trey, man, what you got? I'll let you kick this off. Yeah, no. Well, let me let me just real quick because I don't want to forget this. Uh, I got to go back to my brother's uh, uh, injured bum. I just it just reminded me when you talked about MJ. Let's not forget the famous fever game in the NBA Finals, Game Five. Dude had a hundred and one temperature, was throwing up during timeouts run into the locker room to throw up with 101 temperature drop 37 uh in game five under those conditions so yeah you got it right brother um but as far as this one uh you know uh this is just uh uh no asterisk i mean injuries are part of the game i, I mean is this a crazy year yeah but uh i mean no more than last year i mean last year with the covid thing and playing in the bubble and all that. Uh, there's no asterisk there. Definitely no bubble. This is just uh, injuries part of the game. Yeah, I mean, I just think that this season here in particular, I mean, I don't know wh what exactly you mean for the difference of the sport right now because we haven't had very much of an impact of COVID-related issues in the NBA when things have come down and mattered, you know, at the end of the day. Um, I think this has been a fair and square NBA season. you guys agree with that? I think so. Yeah, I mean, obviously last year you could put an asterisk next to that, of course, um, just with things kind of working out the way that they did for the NBA and um, kind of some of this, the, the bubble thing, obviously, whatever. Um, but this was a full season, right? I mean, we were going a little bit later into the year, obviously, than normal. But at the end of the day, I think that it was a fair equal impact across the board. And 
Um, I think this season was back to normal in regards, especially as we get closer, as we got closer to the playoffs and everything like that. We didn't have a bunch of guys having to sit out. Obviously, CP3 missed a game um, due to a COVID issue. But um, even then with that, you know, kind of like what you were saying, injuries are part of the game too. And uh, you never know when they're going to happen or how they're going to happen. And uh, I think if you put an asterisk next to this one, like where do you stop putting asterisks next to the future years? Because I think this one was a down the, down the line, fair and square season. Yeah, I mean, they we did play a full season, but they had a shortened off season. Right. And so to me, at least short term, I think at least five years from now, we're going to look back and say, you got to put an asterisk on both of these last two seasons because of the list that I just gave you guys a while ago. And all of these stars and superstars that were in and out of the lineup and some of them didn't play at all after they got injured. And so I think short term, you're going to put an asterisk. But I think when we look down the line 20, 30 years from now, they're not going to care. They're just going to look for that name, whoever has the trophy. They're going to say, yep, they they earned it fair and square. So that's my opinion. Before I open my question for you guys here, uh, LeBron James did tweet out uh, on June 16th a three-tweet series, basically talking about these injuries and everything going on, right? About, you know, all the injuries, the body protection, the short and off season, how it will affect the NBA. And he said he brought it up, basically. He said, you know, it's the most uh, playoff games, most uh, – sorry, nine All-Stars – has missed playoff games, and now it's the most in league history this year. So the fact that, that you're speaking about all-star guys, these superstars are missing games, yeah, it's effective. My question for you guys, are we making the big deal because we don't have the Nets and the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors into this? Like, is this why all of a sudden become we're asterisk, or are we really concerned, like, hey, it's a short offseason, there's a bunch of injuries to these superstars, but now we have the Hawks and the Suns? potentially going up for an NBA title, the Clippers? No, is, I mean, is, is that what what's coming of it? it? It's great for the fan. I mean, this is we're getting some new fans into the NBA because we don't know who's going to win. So I think that's great for a lot of new fans coming in. But you go back to the 80s, you always knew that it was going to be the Celtics or the Lakers or the Pistons. And you knew that those were the best teams in the league. Well, this year is a little bit different because we know – that the Lakers and the Nets are the two best teams in the league, but neither one of those teams are going to win the championship. And so that's why I would say it's a, it's a short-term asterisk, but I think eventually people are going to forget about it. Yeah. So Jason, for- you and I, you and I argued this a couple of weeks ago, Jason, and, and you know, you talked about how, you know, I'd said, well, there's just like every season there's load management and more so than ever, this load management is, is, is a real thing, especially with the LeBrons and the KDs and, and guys that are you talked about back in the 80s, uh, back then, uh, as you said with MJ, guys just played through injuries. Guys played through illness. They don't do that anymore. I mean, it, it, guys just don't. They sit out, and they'll sit out longer than maybe they even need to, and they do load management. You made the argument that maybe because it was a shortened season, um, did that make people more prone to injury? I don't know. But I still say no asterisk that these guys just, if they want it, if they were – because of the shortened, uh, the long, you know, the shortened off season. Okay, then they just did look more load management. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. And I I think that load management is a curse because you got guys like Kawhi Leonard. I mean, how many games has he played in the last four years? Not very many. It seems like these guys that are load managing, 
they're more likely to get injured because their bodies are not in basketball shape because they take too many games off. You look at a guy like Michael Jordan or anybody from that era, they played every single game. I mean, if they twisted their ankle, they didn't care. They went out there anyway. So they were always in great basketball shape. You talk about the fact that everybody wants to talk about how people, the players are bigger, faster, and stronger in this day and age. Well, no, they're not because they're load managing. They're not in as good of shape. And so I think it needs to be, the players need to have a a better mentality like they did in the eighties and nineties, where they do try to play every single game, if at all possible. We, that's a good future debate there because I would say, yes, they are, but their bodies can't handle it. But that's that's not here than there. We're not going to go into that. Uh, so for me, I don't think the last two years have been asterisks at all. I don't think the bubble was asterisk. Like you're on a uh, level playing field. Play the game. Win, win something. Go beat LeBron. Do something. It's just like any other year that you go into the playoffs, right? So I, I don't believe this year or last year are asterisks. It's just, it's just coming up because – we don't have a a big time top three superstar in the in the conference finals right now, and I think everybody's just all upset about it because they everybody was hurt throughout the year. So it's probably a good point, Tanner. It's more noticeable considering you have different yeah. names, and like you have literally the Atlanta Hawks and the Phoenix Suns and the Clippers who have not been good for so long and it doesn't have any potential, and now you have those teams in the conference finals. Everybody's like, oh, this is a fake year. This is a fake year. That's like. The Bengals going to the uh, conference championship, right? Or the Browns mm-hmm. beating the Chiefs going into the conference championship. Like something like in that matter mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, well, it's not a real year anyways. This guy was injured, so we you couldn't do that. It's exactly what it sounds like. So, no, it's not asterisk. Any season's not asterisk, asterisk. If you go to the finals and play a final and there's a championship person named, then it's a season, guys. It's a season. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, Troy, I appreciate you joining up with us here today. It's uh, been a great time talking some NBA. Um, by the way, the score right now of the Suns game right now is 33-29, I believe, at the end of the first quarter. Um, so we have ourselves an offensive shootout at the moment. It's going to be so. another tight one. Yeah, Any and Jace just, Jace, just about uh, uh, your comments about mask or no mask. He's four for seven, uh, nine points total, one for two from three. That's book. That's not bad. Hey, that's not a bad right. start. Good start. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. And listen, if we're going to talk, uh, and then if you have me back on, I'd uh, love to talk some Olympics. I don't know how many of you guys are going to follow that, but uh, Olympics are going to be great this year, all sports. Awesome. That's something we'll definitely keep in mind. Well, and we'll have to take a look at Do you have that. one that you specialize in that you know the most about? I mean, uh, t- you know, all the team sports, especially, uh, I followed the most, but we got incredible gymnastics for Team USA. Uh, obviously our women's soccer team is going to absolutely dominate. We got some, uh, track and field, some up and coming young, uh, runners, both male and female that are just, you're not going to want to miss their hundred meter, 400 meter, our relay teams. And of course, team USA basketball. All right. Very much. Very interesting. Actually. Yeah. I didn't realize we had so much uh, good quality talent coming on the way. Yeah. And first year, uh, first year, we're going to have surfing in the, in the Olympics as well. Oh, I didn't hear that. That's awesome. All right. I like that. I like that. All right, you guys, anything to wrap it up here before we go ahead and watch the end of this NBA game? Uh, I mean, I'm good on my side. Go Clippers. All right. Go Clippers. Go Suns. Let's finish this up right here. Get out of here. I will see you all on the next one. Thank you for joining. We're out. See ya. See you guys.